Well, Genesis Church is so uh, great to be back with you today and uh, be on stage. I feel a little rusty though, you know, so you're going to have to give me a few weeks to kick the rust off a bit, but some of you know I had the the gift, the privilege of taking the month of July off, and it was so restful and uh, a couple of extra weeks from preaching too. Uh, our, our family had a great time together doing some traveling. We, uh, Jenny and I got away for our anniversary for a few days, 25 years. That was kind of fun. And then, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Thanks for that. And uh, also got to visit uh, some churches in the community, go hear some friends of mine preach and love doing that. But I got to tell you, it's always a good feeling when you can't wait to come back. And uh, it's just, it's good to be back. This is our church. This is our home. This is our family. And uh, so good to be uh, back here with you and to be able to share today. And uh, I mentioned our family did a little traveling this summer. Way back uh, early July, we went to Colorado for, uh, for about a week and spent a lot of time hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park. And uh, we, we loved it. And we hiked most days, anywhere from five to 10 miles a day. And um, I'd like to think that I'm in pretty good shape. I mean, I run four or five days a week. I ride my bike. I, I do a lot of walking. But there's a big difference between exercising in good old Indiana, all right, and, and hiking or exercising in a place like Colorado. I mean, you've got the elevation, you know, and the way that it impacts things like your breathing. There's the, the terrain and just the mental energy, even climbing over boulders and trees and things like that all day long. And then the ever-changing weather, because it can be sunny and warm one moment uh, in Colorado and then raining and hailing the very next. Uh, experienced hikers will talk about what it means to get your trail legs, right? Have you heard this before? Maybe you've heard this term, trail legs. Uh, it's when your leg muscles become so strong uh, that they can tackle steep climbs and, and also manage challenging descents with, with little to no problem whatsoever. Trail legs grow out of experience and, and, and usage. Trail legs mean that you've got what it takes to hike day after day after day. You can uh, recover quickly and keep going. You've, you've prepared yourself to face whatever may come up on any given day. This morning, I want to talk with you about a different kind of trail legs, if you would, and, and not the kind that give you the ability to conquer something like Everest or to tackle uh, a feat like the Appalachian Trail or anything like that, but instead the legs and really the faith and determination that you and I need to keep going. Uh, and to do life day after day, because we all know this, right? We all know that life can be very hard uh, and difficult and complicated. So many ups and downs, uh, too many surprises and tragedies along the way. There's pain and there's loss. There's questions that we all have to wrestle with. Even as followers of Jesus, there's plenty of disappointment and despair. I, I can't help but think of a few families in our church right now that I've had the privilege of knowing their stories and some of the things that they're going through, these terrible, difficult, painful circumstances right now. Some of you today you know, just even in your own life, uh, things that you're going through. You're, you're in the middle of it. You're in the middle of some hurt. You're in the middle of, of some loss and maybe feeling very desperate. Even here this morning, you're barely, barely hanging on, maybe even possibly struggling in your faith today. And I'm not sure what you feel like you have left to give today. Maybe you would say, you know what, I can't handle one more thing or one more surprise. I just want to be able to offer some hope and encouragement for you in our time together today and believing that God is here 
here and that he's present and even how he is working through this time of worship for all of us today, that you'll be reminded this morning that God is not finished in your life yet, that he, he may seem absent to you, but he's not, that he is here and that he is available and that he has exactly what you and I need, including the legs that we need for the journey that he can give us the faith and the trust that we need to keep our eyes focused on him, to keep hanging on to him no matter what it is that we're going through. Will you just pray with me for a moment? Father in heaven, we do acknowledge your presence in this place today, and we communicate our dependency and desperation for all things of life. I mean, even in the good seasons that we go through, Lord, where maybe we forget about your presence and you're faithful to us, we acknowledge here today that it is all from you. And certainly when we go through those dark valleys and ravines of life, and we're feeling all alone, and acknowledging, Lord, some here today, you know every life. You know every story. You know all and every circumstance. We want to be reminded today of your presence, God, and of your power and your love and your friendship and our desperate need for you. And so do what only you can do in this time today. Speak through your word. Speak through me and have your way in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so I want to invite you, if you've got a Bible with you today, to open to the Old Testament, to 2 Samuel chapter 22. And uh, as Justin mentioned, we've got just a couple of weeks left in this Sticky Story series. We've been in it all summer long, bouncing around different places of the Old Testament. Jerry's going to be here sharing next week as we wrap up this series. I'll be sharing over in Carmel. Uh, Just a note, in September, we're going to get back to our Acts series, where we're going to finish up the book of Acts together in September and October. And for those of you that have been following along or want to follow along with us in reading, we've got a brand new reading plan available today. This is part two. Uh, This paper copy is on the table in the back of the auditorium where we keep some Bibles. So feel free to grab one of those as the reading plan starts tomorrow, but that'll carry you all the way through October. You can follow along with us and uh, we'll start teaching again from the book of Acts Labor Day weekend, which we'll talk about at, at the end of the service this morning. But two more weeks with sticky stories. Today's a little different uh, than what we've been doing these past weeks. Not so much a sticky story, if you would, but rather I want to look at a couple of verses that I hope will become, uh, let's say, sticky or at least very familiar to you. In fact, I'm going to challenge you to memorize these words that we're going to look at today, maybe incorporate them into your prayers. And and for some of you, they may be words that are are important right now. I mean, that, that, that God has them exactly for you today. You, you need them, uh, but maybe you've got somebody in your life that's going through a difficult time. Maybe these are words that you pray for them or maybe share with them to encourage them in some way. But 2 Samuel chapter 22, uh, 2 Samuel is a history book, really two parts, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel as we call them, much of it focusing on the life of David. And it's no surprise that David is the central character in a bunch of sticky stories in the Old Testament. I mean, he's the shepherd boy from Bethlehem that Samuel. Samuel anointed as a future king. He's, uh, uh, we all know, and, and I talked about earlier in the summer, how David was the one that struck down Goliath with the stone, but nothing came easy for him in life. I mean, life was one challenge after another, one high and one low the next day, and King Saul hated him and tried to kill him on many occasions. And so for those reasons, David was always on the run for his life, fighting for his own life. Even after he became a king, he was always leading through things like war and, and conflict 
conflict. Family members plotted against him. They tried to kill him, and he wasn't an innocent, perfect man either. Many of you know, just as one example, about his affair with a woman named Bathsheba. But get this, and be encouraged by this. In spite of his, of his imperfections, David loved the Lord, and he kept pursuing God. And interestingly, we can learn a lot from him, an imperfect man, a man who endured lots of pain and hurt of his own, and even in, uh, disappointment in God. And specifically from these sticky words that I want to share with you this morning, written towards the end of David's life in 2 Samuel chapter 22, really a, a very long prayer, the whole chapter, totally worth reading. But David, get this, is looking back on his life and all of the times that God led him and provided him and protected him from his enemies. And here's what he said, amongst many words, but the words that we're going to look at today, 2 Samuel chapter 22, beginning in verse 33, David prayed, it is my God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. 2 Samuel 22, again, these specific words serve as a, a powerful testimony, really witness to God's faithfulness in David's life. And once again, David is looking back over all of the chaos. He's looking at all of the past fear and the exhaustion and the years, and he remembers and proclaims that it is God who gave me the strength. All right, he says that it is God who protected me over and over again from my enemies and from my thoughts and even from myself at times. It, it is God who gave me the ability to negotiate the difficult terrain and circumstances that I've had to go through. And then he says that he, this God, he gave me feet like the feet of a deer. Now, why in the world does David highlight a deer. Now, when we think of deer right here in central Indiana, I can't help but think about those creatures that I was thinking of last Sunday night as I drove back in the dark from Fort Wayne through the cornfields, hoping that none of them would run out in front of me, right? Uh, some of you, when you think about deer, you're already thinking to November. Any of you thinking about November and your tree stand, you know, on a nice cold weekend with the, with the hopes of, uh, of getting a deer of your own is... Uh, our Bibles call them deer. Uh, the word that David uses here is, is translated in English as deer, but they're not really deer. And, and, and actually, actually goats, uh, specifically the Nubian ibex, as, as pictured here and on our stickers today. If you picked up a sticker on the way in or if you grab one on the way out, you'll notice that there is a Nubian ibex featured there today. And the ibex can be found throughout different places in Europe, Africa, and especially in the Middle East where Israel is located. And really, if you know anything about these animals at all, or if not, they are some of the most fascinating animals and creatures in the world and featured regularly on channels like the Discovery Channel or BBC Life. 
Uh, and as can seen from this video here, they're, they're known for their ability to thrive in harsh and difficult desert environments. They have this ability to traverse uh, very steep cliffs and ravines. They can easily spring from one small ledge to another with ease. They can stop and they can pause on the steepest of ledges thanks to their feet. See, God created them with these very unique feet and hooves. Their, their sharp edges and, and concave feet really act like suction cups. Their, their, their feet provide for them this ability to grip the sides of steep and rocky cliffs and not just survive, but these animals actually thrive in the desert, in the wilderness. And so when David sights feet like a deer, he's thinking about the ibex. Why is David thinking about the ibex? Well, because they're all over the place in Israel, especially in an area called En Gedi. And if you appreciate maps here and you kind of get a handle on, on Israel or ancient Israel, the body of water located at the bottom of the map is known as the Salt Sea. We more regularly refer to it as the Dead Sea today. It is one of the, uh, it's the lowest place on earth. It's one of the most difficult, hot uh, environments really on planet Earth. And if you'll see there with the red arrow just off to the western edge of the Dead Sea or the Salt Sea is this place called En Gedi. And we know from other places in Scripture that David often went to En Gedi. He retreated to En Gedi. He even hid in this place called En Gedi. And you could see why in such a difficult environment from this picture that you would go to a place like En Gedi. It's an oasis. Uh, it's this hidden break in the rocks. It goes way back. It's much larger than the picture shows here today. I, I've been to En Gedi. Some of you, anybody here in the room this morning been to En Gedi? I see a hand back there. Yeah, a couple of you have been to this place in Gedi. You're, if you go to En Gedi, you're going to see these. You're going to see the ibex. I, I didn't take this picture, and I, and I, don't, even, I don't even think this is in En Gedi. This is in a different place, but again... You can see what these animals, these ibex, are capable of. And, of course, they're a regular presence in En Gedi. Pretty fascinating. Uh, you do some study on your own and learn more about these animals. Why did David reference the ibex in his prayer? Here's what I think. I imagine David sitting back by a cool spring, reflecting on God's faithfulness and provision in his life as he watched these ibex bouncing from ledge to ledge, cliff to cliff, and David just thinking, this is exactly what God has done for me. As David acknowledges, you know what, I've gone through some really, really difficult times of my own. Sometimes God answered my prayers very quickly and regularly and delivered me, but there also, I think David would say, have been times and difficult portions of the journey or seasons that were really, really long. And while difficult, when I look back at them now and when I reflect, I realized that it was this faithful God of ours who led me through it that he, David would say, gave me feet like the feet of the ibex, that he sustained me through some of the most terrifying and difficult moments of my life. And isn't that just true of life? 
especially as followers of Jesus Christ. I mean, we all know this. It doesn't matter if you're a follower of Jesus or not. We all know that we all go through seasons. We're all going to go through journeys in life. And don't get me wrong, sometimes those seasons are really, really good. I hope every single one of us can look back to seasons and moments in our life and identify times and blessings and give thanks to God and worship Him for how He has provided for us abundantly and how He cares for us. And and that could be a pregnancy or something like a new baby. Maybe that's a, a wedding that you recently celebrated, a graduation, a new job, or a, or a promotion. Maybe you celebrate the, the sobriety of somebody that you love and somebody that's come through so much and a new day and a new chapter of their life or you get the word that cancer is in remission. There are so many things that we can celebrate and give thanks to God for. There are so many good seasons of life, but we all know then that there are also those seasons and journeys when the trails turn into trials and tragedy strikes and the truth is too difficult to bear. And you, 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 you and I, we got no idea how long the road or the path is ahead of us and you have no idea how in the world are we going to possibly get through something like this. And so what should we do? Well, to start... And as followers of Jesus, we know that we should pray. You should pray. I mean, prayer is just simply a conversation with God. Prayer is how we connect and stay relationally connected to God. And so we, we pray through these difficult seasons and we pray through these difficult journeys. And so we go to God. We're, we're desperate for God. We pray. And what are we supposed to pray? Like, what are you supposed to pray when you go through those hard times? To be clear, we should pray for what we want. We should pray for what we desire. The Bible speaks over and over again about praying for what your heart desires, that it's okay to ask God. It's okay to tell him what you need or what you believe that you need in your life. I mean, even Jesus, even as we look and study the life of Jesus, we know that he taught about the, the power of prayer over and over again and how we should ask God for what we want and we should talk to God about what we think we need. Jesus encouraged honest, persistent prayer and over and over again, he modeled this for us. He described for us a God who loves to answer prayer, a God who searches our hearts and he knows what we need and he loves to give us these good things. But I think we all know that while we pray for things like healing and deliverance and provision, if you do enough of life, if you go through enough days and years of life, you and I both know that we don't always get what we want. It doesn't always go the way that we hope or the way that we would write the story, and that can be hard. I mean, you just read through the book of Psalms, all 150 Psalms, and, and many of them written by David. You're going to find that David didn't always get what he wants either. I mean, the, the Psalms are an emotional roller coaster of people pouring out their hearts before the Lord, begging him to answer prayer. And so how can any of this, how can David's prayer and specifically these couple of verses in 2 Samuel 22, influence how we pray. I want to be very clear on something here, um, that I am sharing with you a teaching that I heard when I was in Israel back in 2017. And uh, my teacher, a guy that we've had here before, a guy by the name of Brad Gray, he's an incredible teacher, he, he shared this teaching with our group when we visited in Getty and as we watched these Ibex. And so I've got to give him credit for much of this teaching today, although I've worked really hard to make it my own. But I'm choosing to share it with you today because of this, that while it was meaningful and I remember it and it was even significant six years ago, well, the Lord brought it back to my heart recently. 
and He's making me more and more aware that I need something like this, these words now more than ever, because I love what Brad challenged me with and our group with in regards to personal prayer, these words, the life of David, and it's why I'm sharing with you today as well, that it's okay to pray for what we want. You should keep praying those things that are on your heart and surrender and turn them over to the Lord and trust Him. But as Brad suggests, I suggest to you today that sometimes maybe our prayers are incomplete. That like David, there are incredible benefits to praying for, let's call it the trail legs that, that we need to, or as David says, feet for the journey. To be able to pray, God, I don't know where all of this is going right now. I'm not sure how I'm going to get through it, what's coming or what's on the other side. All I know is I'm anxious, I'm terrified, I'm beat up. I don't know how I'm going to do it all alone. But to be able to pray, God, would you give me feet for this journey that I'm on right now? Would you give me the faith to trust in you that like the Ibex, God, would you give me the feet to traverse, to navigate, navigate, to stand through this season, this difficult journey that I'm going through right now. That's what David is doing. He has the benefit of looking back to the words that he prayed. This is what he's prayed. This is what he's challenging us to pray. He prayed, God, give me feet for this journey. Give me feet for this season that I'm in. Give me feet for this life, these circumstances, and what I'm going through right now, because maybe for some of you today, it's an important relationship or it's your marriage, and you would acknowledge or say that it's in a terribly critical place right now. Maybe, maybe you are trying to right some bad decisions from your past, but it's that regressed, it's that regret, it's, it's that past that often sneaks up on you, beating you up. Maybe it's something like anxiety and, and fear and worry. It could be the loss of somebody that you loved and, and you can't seem to figure out how to keep going. Maybe it's a health diagnosis because the prognosis isn't very good. Or maybe there's a prayer you've been praying and praying over and over again with little to no answer. I want to encourage you this morning to keep praying, to start praying to talk to God, to talk to Him each day, to tell Him the things that you want and need and desire but if not, would you also consider praying something like this? God, like David, God, would you give me feet for this journey? And I'll just tell you that one of the reasons that I've gone back to this teaching uh, from Brad and why I'm sharing it with you has a little bit to do with just my own life. As many of you know, my dad has a brain tumor. We found out about it a year ago when he had to have emergency surgery. Um, it's been a year, and it's been a good year, but the reality is that it's a very nasty tumor. And the road ahead is going to be difficult for sure for my dad and for our family. And so obviously it impacts me as well. And so I've started thinking a lot about this prayer, praying this prayer as well, and not just for my dad, but also for me and for my family, for people like my mom, just something like, God, give me feet for the journey. And maybe again, I mean, maybe part of the reason why you're here is just to incorporate some words like these, words of your own into your own life right now, into your own circumstances. And if not for you, 
maybe for somebody that you love. Maybe it's a way of praying for somebody that you love deeply in a difficult time they're, they're going through. And so here's what we're going to do. In just a few minutes, I'm going to give you a moment. We're just going to set aside some time in our service and be quiet. We're not going to end with a song today, but I'm going to give you a chance to just pray. But before I do, I just also want to point out that our faith and hope isn't in David, and it's not in an ibex either for that matter. Ultimately, our hope is in Jesus Christ. And interestingly, Jesus prayed a similar prayer. I mean, as you think back to those final moments before Jesus went to the cross, what did Jesus pray? He prayed over and over again, God, would you take this cup from me? Basically, is there any other way that doesn't go through the cross. He prayed an honest, personal prayer. He prayed really for what was on his heart in that moment, but in the same light, he also prayed, but Father, not my will. Your will be done. Jesus prayed, your will be done. Sounds an awful lot like the prayer that David prayed. Feet for the journey. 2 Samuel 22, 33 through 34, David prayed, It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. We're just going to be quiet in the room for a few minutes, and I'm just going to invite you to pray. You know what's going on in your life right now. I want to give you some time and space to talk to the Lord because we go and we go and we go and so many times we're not able to slow down. We're going to slow down for just a few moments this morning and pray and talk to the Lord. And again, maybe you realize, you know what, my life is actually pretty good right now. It would be a great opportunity just to give thanks to the Lord. Thank Him for His faithfulness, for His blessings, His provision in your life. Thank Him for bringing you through a season, maybe like He did with David. Or maybe there's some people that you know, maybe there's somebody that you love and you know they're in the thick of it right now. Would you just use this time this morning to pray for them? That God would give them feet, faith, to trust in Him, feet for the journey. Let's do that together now. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we give you thanks and praise for your great love for us, for your faithfulness, for your provision, for your constant watch and care. Um, We're not going to pretend like we always understand what you're up to, but we're reminded this morning that you're never absent, um, that you have good plans and a a good way carved out for each of us. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, our hope and Savior, and all of the difference that Jesus makes for this life, that we can look to Jesus and we can look to his example for how he lived and how he went through life, but we can also look to Jesus not only as a model, but we can look to Jesus as our Savior and as our hope and the hope that we have for today and certainly the hope that we have for all of eternity. And God, I pray this morning, I pray a prayer over our church family. I pray specifically for those who are going through some very difficult times and circumstances in their life right now. We have those that have experienced loss. We have those who are uh, enduring some great health issues right now. We know there are relational challenges. Father, we know that this is a very real and complicated and chaotic world at times, and so there are individuals and families that are trying to figure out how to navigate all of it. There's financial challenges. We are 
are just stopping. We're pausing today to be reminded that you are our great shepherd, that you are our leader and our guide. And as much as we want you to deliver us from difficult and challenging circumstances, we're also acknowledging today that we need you. And so we are praying and we're asking for feet for this journey, that you would give us the faith to trust you, that as followers of Jesus Christ, that all of our hope would be in you, our eyes would be on you, and in you we would find and realize that we have everything that we need. Give us the faith to keep trusting. Give us love and concern for people that you're putting into our lives, people that are a part of this church, people that are outside of this church, to be able to pray even words like these for them, feet and faith and trust and legs for this journey. Our hope is in you. We have nothing else but you, God. And so would you draw us close to you today? I pray that you would have your way in our lives, and even as we walk out of these doors in just a few moments, God, I pray that our faith would increase today and that your presence in our lives would become even more apparent, changing us, humbling us, keeping us focused on you. We thank you. Thank you for your great love. Thank you for your work here today and for your ongoing faithfulness. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.